we can find mercy here always. It is the mercy seat, Lord, because it has your blood over it. Without the blood, it would be seed of judgment. But because your blood is sprinkled on it, it's always mercy there and grace to help us in our time of need. So we thank you, Lord, and we bless you for this opportunity. We just want to receive everything you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So I was uh, going over notes and I was thinking to myself, I said, hmm. You ever get like that? You say, hmm. <laughs> God, show with me something. Hmm. And I was studying and, and looking at how people that received what they needed from God, <clears throat> how they expressed their faith. And so I was thinking about how we have to let faith have the final word. You know, let your faith have the final word uh, in your your life, your discussion, your um, uh, just your prayer, uh, thanksgiving, everything that we do. Uh, we must be careful to let faith in the conversation yes. and seal that situation. Amen. Um, I'm particularly thinking about times that we might pray and then situations change in what we're praying for. Amen. You can be going along <clears throat> just fine and then all of a sudden the devil jumps up, does something or uh, we do something that upsets the, the, the direction we think that we're going with our faith. And so many times we'll, we'll out of fear or out of shock or out of whatever emotion will speak into the situation something that's not a faith statement. And so we have to be careful to let our faith have the final word. You can't leave that out there. Amen. Uh, you have to repent and get back in faith and state your faith claim again. Uh, because uh, you don't want to have two kingdoms working on your prayer. You want to have God working on your prayer. So it has to be locked up in God. It has to be locked up in faith. It has to be locked up in mercy uh, and grace and compassion. All the fruit of the Spirit has to be locked up in there. Or the enemy will start to work there and stall it out. Or reverse it, or it'll start to go the other direction, or, you know, something like that. So, I, I was listening to a, a teaching, and this person was talking about, uh, this situation here, and, uh, he was saying that, uh, well, when we get to it, I'll, I'll tell you what he said, because I'll repeat it, because I stole it. How's that sound? But, uh, is is a good steal. I think it it really blessed me. And then I began to look at some other situations in the Word where people got what they needed because they were able to lock down their confession and not change it. Amen. The devil is always twisting arms, changing the appearance of things to get us to notice what he's doing and change what we say about it. Amen. And speak to the natural, speak to what we see and speak to what we hear, what they say and what who somebody told you and all of that. And so you've got to remember to let your faith have the final word in all of these situations. So the first one we'll go to is uh, in Mark chapter five. 
And this is the story about Jairus, who is the ruler of the synagogue. Amen. And um, <laughs> I always like like the way this is phrased. Jairus by name. You know, it's like, you know, back then, if you followed Jesus, you got kicked out of the synagogue. So this is like, you know, the writer is saying, his name is Jairus. If y'all want to know who he is, go kick him out. <laughs> I'm going to point him. I'm going to point the finger at him, let you know exactly who he is. Amen. But anyway, uh Big Bad Jairus, the one who said he was never going to follow Jesus. And he'll put anybody out of here that, that's going to follow him. Yeah, him, that one. Uh, but anyway, it starts here in verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him and he was near the sea. And behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him fell at his feet and he besought him greatly saying, my daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Final word. Amen. It's the last word that Jairus spoke in this whole situation. That final word is what allows Jesus to accompany him to his home. And you see, Jesus isn't starting up in a conversation he's just going along with him to do what he's asked him to do and so this is this is where we need to get ourselves to with our faith we've asked in faith we know god heard us and we have received what we asked for and we're in expectation for it to come to pass Amen. So it will come to pass if we stay in faith, if we don't waver, if we allow God to be in control of this, because Jesus is the one who is uh, going to serve and he serves because we show him our faith. Amen. He will do whatever our faith uh, asks him to do that that is in the covenant. And healing is definitely in the covenant, folks. There's no doubt about that. So he's all for healing. He never, his, he's, his arm was never twisted to heal anybody. He went willingly. He went without complaint. He went without interrogating people. If he did anything, it wasn't to, uh, try and pin them down to, into something negative. It was trying to get them over into faith where he could operate. Amen. Where it was legal for him to operate. So a legal operation in the kingdom would be a faith operation. And so uh, he says, and he shall live. And Jesus went with him. And many people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, was nothing better but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said if I may but touch his clothes I shall be whole 
And right away, her blood, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Now, this is... This is a common occurrence when we first pray or when we set out to believe God for something. Delay is already programmed into our answer. Okay. Delay is already programmed into our answer. Because... God knew this lady was going to come up. Everything was known by the Father God, and he is the one who's telling Jesus what to do and when to do it. And he tells Jesus to find out who touched him. You know, this girl is at the point of death, Jairus' daughter. He's asked in faith, and Jesus is accompanying him to go and, and heal her. But he gets interrupted by somebody who wants to be healed now. Amen. And so whenever we pray for something, delay is very common to happen to us to get us to have to prolong our believing. You know, if you could believe for 10 minutes and get everything, we'd be happy people. The reason we're not happy all the time is it takes generally more than a few minutes to get what we want from God. So delay is already programmed into our situation. Obstacles are already programmed into our situation. I know we don't like to hear that. We want to think <laughs> just... Just believe and receive and, and skip on happily ever after. But, but it's already programmed in. Amen? Why is it programmed in? Because we are to always believe. We have to walk by faith. So if we didn't, if we weren't walking to what we desire, the Bible wouldn't tell us we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. So faith is is not just it's not an instant thing, but it is a walk. But we have to believe that we have it already in order to get it from God. Why? Because he's already given it to us. So if you don't if you don't believe like that, then you're thinking actually that God's got to do something or you've got to do something to convince him to do what he's already done. He's already been to the cross and paid for everything we need. So you're, you don't, we're not waiting on him to do anything. We're not even waiting on a manifestation because your faith is your manifestation as far as spiritual things are concerned. If you, if you get discouraged about waiting, all you got to do is worship God for about three or four minutes, remind yourself of what he already told you, and you're good to go. You're no longer discouraged. Amen. So discouragement is a temporary condition that comes when we let the, the distraction come in or the delay come in. And we put more faith in the delay than we put in God's word. 
Amen? And so what Jesus is teaching here is for us not to put faith in what delays our answer or what we think delays it. You know, if it doesn't come instantly, we think there's a delay. You know, and that's not right because there's a due season for everything. Our faith is a seed. We got to let the seed grow. What about that? And we never think about those laws. Oh, I'm, you, sh- you should get up every morning and say, Lord, I believe that my answer is coming. It's here now and I'm growing my faith in it. I'm increasing my faith in it. I'm, I'm adding to my faith in it because that's scriptural too. Getting it right away isn't always scriptural. We see these things happen for Jesus, but we don't know how long these people have been working up their faith to get enough nerve to come and ask him. You understand what I'm saying? The woman with the issue of blood has certainly been working on hers. Amen. And so he says, he talked to her and he said, who touched my clothes? Now, does Jairus say anything? Do they mention anything about him, what he does, anything like that? No, he's got enough sense to hold on. Amen. See, faith will tell you what to do. Just like it told her what to do. Jairus' faith is telling him what to do. It's saying he's still on his way. He hasn't changed his mind. He stopped and he has administered to this lady because she needs attention right now. Amen. But, 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 but. Don't say a word. Hold on. Amen. So when you have delays, you have to, to make sure that you get yourself positioned over into believing, not paying attention to what's going on that looks like it's going the other direction. Jesus isn't going anywhere. He stopped in his forward motion to go and and minister to this man's daughter. It's just stalled a little bit. Amen. Now Jairus knew this girl was almost dead when he came to talk to Jesus. Because he's he's torn <laughs> between two. He's in a straight between two. Do I stay with the synagogue system? That's my bread and butter. That's been taking care of my family for all these years. And I know if I side with Jesus, something's going to have to happen that's going to change that. So he's probably waited until the last minute when the doctors can't help her and nobody can help her. and She's still no better. And he has to decide, do I love her enough to risk everything that I've worked for all my life to save her life? Or do I just stay here where I am and, and, you know, suffer the consequences? So he decides to step out in faith because he knows what Jesus can do. He's been watching him. That's all the, the synagogue people ever did was watch Jesus to see what he did. And they knew his results were of God. And he knew as he began to meditate on it. Be careful meditating on God's word. Because the Holy Ghost will show up and start talking to you and prompt you to do something. Amen. He He will prompt you to do something. That's why God likes to get attention. You know, that's why he does miracles. So he can get somebody's attention on him to see what he can do. Because he knows how to convince us of his ability. That's why we're all here now still serving God after so many years. Amen. We're convinced that that God is serving God is the right thing to do. 
we're convinced that he knows what he's doing in our lives. Amen. We're convinced that the best is yet to come. Amen. There's so many people who think the best is over or don't care. Don't care if they get it or never really got got uh, dug in enough in the things of God to know that there was something worth holding on to. They just walk away. They don't get what they think is God in their lives and they walk away from it. Amen. And so when you, when you start following God and you start walking in the footsteps of Jesus, you're convinced more and more. The longer you walk, the more you're convinced that you're doing the right thing. And so Jairus has, he's broken out of the bondage of religion. He's already broken free of that bondage. Just by coming up to Jesus, he's liberated himself out of that system. And now he's he's put himself on the line here. So he's got to make a decision here. Do I continue on with him and let him do what I know he started out doing? Or am I going to get upset because there's a delay here? And so... The upset part of us is what God's after. See, the delay comes to get at that stuff in us that if we don't get it dealt with, it's going to come back and steal from us. That thing that gets upset when you don't get what you want, that's a thief inside of us that will come up and steal from us later. And see, once you get something, the stakes are always higher than they are before you get it. See, before you get, if you're praying for a, 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 a family and, and, you know, you get married and God blesses you with children and you start raising them, the stakes are higher. Guarantee the devil's going to come for them kids because that's your seed. See, and that's your offspring, and those are the ones that you would give your life for if you had to. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you don't get let God deal with the little robbers on the inside of you at the time he wants to deal with them, they'll pop up later to steal when the stakes are higher. See what I'm saying? When there's more on the line. Amen. You know, you, you'll have children that want to go to college. They're very bright kids. And then the devil will come in and you don't have faith to believe God for that kind of money to put them through school. Because you didn't let God deal with that thing way back then when he was dealing with you in delays and dealing with you and showing you how to ride it out and still believe him. Because the stakes are always going to get bigger the longer you live. Amen. You're going to need more when you get older. You're going to you're going to desire more. You know, you're going to see more in the word that God wants you to have. And so let God deal with these delay stall tactics when he wants to deal with them. Amen. Let him cure you of being upset at the least movement of something that looks like it's going to go the opposite direction. Let him let him deliver you from you. And from the emotional ramifications of the things that we desire. And so he does it by having us walk through delay, walk through situations, walk through circumstances that are contrary to what we are asking for. See, this this lady comes up. This Jairus knows he's if if Jesus is going to get there before she dies, I got a limited amount of time. Now he stopped to talk to this woman. 
what's up with that why can't he just come with me and do what i tell him to do and get this over with so i can get this out of my mouth i don't like this stuff uh-huh. and see it's easy for us this is this is how we we kind of lose the faith battle you know it's easy for us to get something in our mind say Jairus had in his mind okay Jesus is coming with me now oh boy I can relax (laughs) and the minute you start to relax something comes up out of nowhere a curveball to show you it ain't going your way so you've got to do one of two things you got to change your mind And say, oh, okay, God, I see, but I trust you anyway. I know I'm going to get it. I got it already. Amen. We're on our way. Amen. Or you're, you're going to have to keep yourself in a place of peace no matter what you see. And, and see, all of that takes the Holy Ghost. You don't do that on your own. You yield to what he offers you. You yield to the peace. You yield to the encouragement. You yield to all of those things because you need to learn how to start to yield to the things of God so that you can stay in that place of expectation. That's all God's trying to do is position us correctly so that we are our faith will work, our expectors will work, all that stuff will work. But we've got flesh to deal with. We've got our own humanity to deal with. You've got the devil to deal with. Amen? And don't discount him throwing something in there to try and move you off your position of faith. Amen? And it's very important that we hold on to faith. I mean, hold on to it. You don't want to just believe for a minute and then just go out and get anything, you know, a substitute. People do that all the time. You've got to believe God for what he tells you. And then when obstacles come and they will come, you've got to learn how to either talk to them, speak to them, ride them out, ignore them. But you've got to learn how to stay in faith even when the obstacles come. Amen. And so here's obstacle number one. I call her obstacle one. And verse 31, his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? Now, if I was Jairus, I'd be plucking my beard out by now. Not only does Jesus stop and say, who touched me? These disciples of him start having conversation with him about it. Huh? And Jairus is shifting his weight from one foot to the other, but he has not uttered a word. He has not addressed the delay. He has considered not what's going on. Amen. So this is when you consider not. Amen. You can't consider. It's the same thing with your health and your healing. Consider not your own body. Now you might have to stop and, 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 you know, uh, rub something cause it hurts and talk to it and all that kind of stuff. But after that, you're done with it. Amen. After that, you're done with it. You don't go around all day long rubbing yourself and wondering what's this coming from. Oh, this gotta be cancer. I know so and so had cancer. This how it started out. Yeah. Which we have done. Amen. 
probably do a little bit now if it goes more than three or four days. We already want to put our sign ourselves up for urgent care. Probably went. Then you felt ashamed because they told you wasn't nothing wrong with you, in other words. You know, when worldly people look at you like you're crazy, you, you need to go home and pray for yourself. Because they're usually glad for people to come in for their services. And when they start giving you the stink eye, it's time for you to go home, get in your word, and say, Lord, here I am again, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. <laughs> so he's this now we're having a conversation with the disciples on the way to get my daughter healed on the way to get Jesus to pray for her we don't have much time she was looking pretty poorly when I left amen all the relatives and come from out of town and hello But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Ooh, this might take a little while. All the truth? From the first year you got sick until the 18 years or 12 years you've been sick now, lady, you're going to go through every year and tell them every little detail about what happened? My daughter is still laying at the point of death. I know it won't be long now. Jesus, if you don't move soon, I'll know what's going to happen. I'm going to lose my mind. Uh Uh-huh. So Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Go in peace. Could you imagine Jesus saying that and it not affecting everybody that was standing there? Huh? That's a mercy move on his part. See, his peace is a mercy move. He puts you back in peace so that you don't lose your mind. And you don't give up and you don't go to start mouthing stuff. Huh? See, all of this is like, every to me, every time you see Jesus talking or doing something in these situations, that reminds me that he ever lives to make intercession for us. See, where he's talking physically there, he's praying for us now. So the things that you see him do for these people while he's there, you know, physically... You can receive that as him praying for you if you're in this situation. Amen. So when you start believing him for something, if you run into a hindrance or you run into a delay, he's praying for you that you stay in peace and that you make it through. Amen. And so here he tells this woman, "Be of your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. And so he's finished dealing with her, but in his dealing with her, there is something for everybody who's within earshot of him. Amen. It's, it's just preaching. It's, it's just the anointing, the anointing. The Holy Spirit knows everybody that's in that crowd. And he knows what everybody needs. He knows what everybody's there for. And he is there to meet needs, not just of Jairus, you know, even though he's a ruler of the synagogue. 
And he's had to humble himself quite a bit here. He's taken second place to an unclean woman. Ow! <laughs> Ooh, if that ain't an equalizer. God love that woman, that unclean woman. She ain't got no business out here. What's she doing out here? <laughs> See, it, it's about humility, folks. I mean, he humbled himself some to come and talk to Jesus. And then when Jesus got up and followed him, he probably back in pride again. You don't know what's going through his mind. You don't know his heart. Amen. <laughs> he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. She gets hers before the ruler of the synagogue gets his. Talk about God being no respecter of persons, but a respecter of faith. That puts it all in perspective, huh? She had faith for now, but for real now. Amen. <laughs> so he tells her, go in peace and be whole of your plague. And while he's yet speaking, obstacle number two. Somebody from his house came. Now see, Jairus gets named whoever this person, whoever the rat is, don't get a name. He's just a messenger from Satan to buffet us. (laughs) Amen. He said, your daughter is dead. Why are you troubling? Why trouble the master any further? Hmm. Jesus don't look like he's troubled to me. Amen. So the first thing the devil is going to do is accuse you of wanting too much from God. And all you're doing is praying his word back to him. Mm. Your daughter's dead now. Don't bother him anymore. Now listen, if somebody's daughter just died, why are you gonna focus on Jesus? The devil focuses on what's a threat to him. Who's, who's a threat to, to the religious people? You and me. As far as I know, we ain't really, well, a little bit sometimes, but we, we all right for the most part. Huh? So the devil's always going to want the people who are anointed out of the picture. I mean, all he had to do was say, you know, your daughter's dead already. Come on home with me and, and we'll fix you some, you know, give you a piece of chicken, some greens. Fix your plate, you know, if you feel like eating. I'm so sorry. My condolences, my sincere. You know, he could have had him a mini wake right there. Why he had to talk about Jesus while he's. Because he wants him out the picture. Jesus is a threat to their whole system. Amen. Whoever came from his house is part of the synagogue system. Amen. Them his boys. And they've been sitting there wanting this girl to die already so they can run and give him the bad news because they know 
If he gets hooked up with Jesus, they get fired. The whole system collapses because now everybody's trusting Jesus. Amen. And he's the one they figure is the biggest threat to what they're doing up there. The the nothing that they're doing and taking everybody's money for nothing. That sound familiar to you? You go somewhere, you tithe faithfully for 20 years. One time you get sick, they don't pray for you. We don't believe in that. Believe in healing. That went out with the apostles. And you crazy for paying into that. Why trouble the master any further? I thought, boy, he's got a lot of nerve. So like come home with me and leave Jesus here and she'll stay dead. See, even then when the girl died, Jesus is still a threat to these people. As soon, underline as soon, as soon as Jesus heard that word that was spoken, he turned to him and said, Don't be afraid. Don't take that fear. Because fear came out of that man's voice. Because that's that's what they deliver to you. Make you afraid that, that it's all over. Make you afraid that God won't come through for you. Make you afraid it's too late. That's the devil's main thing. He calls time on everybody. Why? Because it's too late for him. He lives in a realm of disappointment because it's too late. Jesus told him, don't you be scared, but pick your faith back up again. In other words, Jesus has been walking with this man, and he knows when you're in faith and when you're not. And Jairus was a good boy. When that lady came up and stopped them, he stayed in faith. He'd been struggling, but he stayed in faith. Anybody struggle, but you managed to stay in faith? So you got to let your faith have the final word in your heart and in your mouth and in your believing. And Jesus knows when we're slipping. He told him, don't be afraid, only believe. In other words, believe only and don't doubt. So here's obstacle number two. You think in something that that's, that could could be over this quickly there wouldn't be any obstacles wouldn't you <laughs> i mean i'm on my way here i am i'm going to raise the heal this little girl everything's wonderful and then delay hits whenever your faith is exercised whenever you pray in faith whenever you believe you receive delay is part of the development of your faith something's going to happen to make you think it won't happen if you'll focus on it amen the enemy sends out his his workers amen to see if they can get your attention on something that's that's saying it won't happen for you amen many people live in the mentality of it won't happen they never ask in faith or they might ask a little bit 
And then the mind tells them it won't happen for you. And then they scared God will answer them. You understand what I'm saying? That's just how strong unbelief is. And that's why you got to fight it the way you have to fight it. You have to fight it God's way. You got to let him walk you through these things and help you so that you'll be able to withstand this. So delay number two is bad news. Time is up. Ow! It couldn't be up. I don't want time to be up. Then ask God for mercy. Ask him to give you more time. Ask him to let you have it anyway. Amen. Time is only a figment of what's on uh, going on in the natural realm. It has nothing to do with where God lives. But you got to get it out of your focus. You got to get it out of your crosshairs and quit focusing on it. You got to make it like time means nothing to you. I have it already. What does time mean? It's mine. He said, don't be afraid, only believe. Now, Jesus knows when our faith is slipping. And he doesn't come and beat you up. Look at you, little faith. Who do you think you are? You you won't get this. No, he doesn't do that. He intercedes for you. This is another place. Jesus prayed for him. Be not afraid, only believe. So he's not holding a a, a, a grade book in his hand. When we pray for something and grading us as to whether we, what kind of faith we have, we have his faith. New covenant faith is the faith of the son of God. It's no fail in it. Amen. So faith in God's word is perfect faith. You just got to hold on to it, not let it slip. Which might put you on a wild ride, but hold on. Amen. Because if you ask me, this is kind of a wild ride for a, a guy who was just, oh, you got to understand me, Jesus. I, I've been working in synagogue all these years. I'm new at this faith stuff. Everybody out here is, bro. Huh? Everybody out here new at it. Hmm? Or you might think you got it down pat and you get involved in something different and then you find out you're still new at it. Amen. You don't know what's going to happen in this situation. Amen. Now, it's good to stay close to God in it and stay assured step by step. You know, there may be times when your your mind will will delay will come or somebody will say, well, it, you know, this hasn't come come in yet. We're still waiting on it, blah, 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 whatever it is. But within you, you're assured, amen, that it's going to come to pass. There are going to be some things in your life where you ain't so sure. We're always getting involved in, you know, and it might be something you've done before a million times. And now this time it's like <laughs> the mad teacup ride, you know, at Disney World or something. You're just dizzy and crazy. and Oh, Lord, get me off this thing. I'm sorry I bought this ticket. Huh? It's true. So we we have to... Understand that we gotta trust God every step of the way. It's about trusting Him. Amen. That's all it's about, folks, is tr- do you trust Him? Okay, you say you trust Him, now you gotta prove it. So when you walk through things, that's when you prove your trust in Him. So, 
he says, this guy tells him, Jesus says, don't be afraid, only believe. Again, Jairus never says a word. That's so important. You can't speak to what you see or feel or think or hear or taste or whatever. You've got to speak to what's in your heart. I ask him to heal my daughter. I'm going to ride this out. It's been a bumpy ride so far, but what else can I do? Amen. Once Jesus has your request and you have received it, that thing is in motion and God will not reverse it. He won't stop the progress of it. He won't take it back. You're the one who could do that. You're the only one who can do that. Either put it in reverse motion, put a stop on it, put it in doubt. Amen. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. And this is why. Because of obstacles and because of challenges to our faith, he is the author and completer of our faith. So he's the one who chooses the road that you walk down with him. He said, follow me, not I'm going with you, it's follow me. So once Jesus starts out with this man, after that, it's up to Jesus the road that this faith takes, even though it looks like Jesus is following him to his house. That ain't what's going on. Because if that were true, that man would have dragged him past that woman, would have dragged him past everybody, and let's get let's get there. Let's get her done. Amen. Time's a wasted. But once Jesus hears your prayer and grants you your request, the road that your faith takes is on him. Amen. That's why it's good to to just you know, uh, a reason with God and get in the word and, and ask God to give you in understanding and encouragement and, and things that, that you need to know so that you can stay on the right road and you can arrive on time. Amen. In peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. So, um, so as they walk, he and Jesus are in agreement that this girl will live. At the end of the day, she's going to be alive. Isn't this what Jairus said in verse 23? He besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. I ask you come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And that's what's going to happen. She will live. She's going to die first, but she's <laughs> That's the fine print. Uh, that's what God never tells us at the beginning. You know, Jesus just gets up and goes with him and say, hey, that's the deal. I'm on it, you know? So the fact that Jesus walks with him means that his, he approves of his faith. So that request was a faith request. Amen. Mm-hmm. Could the faith be stronger? Always. Your first mention of something is enough to get the ball rolling. But your faith might have to get stronger by the time you receive it. So that's what the obstacles are for. Challenges. So you don't just 
I don't know what's wrong with me. I ain't do nothing right. You ain't going there. If you're walking with Jesus, you're going to have to come up with something better now. Amen. You know, he could have, Jairus could have flipped out at any point in this walk to his house. A woman with the issue of blood. It's like, she's supposed, I know her. You understand what I'm saying? She's supposed to be, what's she doing? I'm a holy man. Let me get away from her. He might start running opposite direction if he's in totally in his flesh. If he wasn't holding on to a string of faith. Sometimes Jesus lets you get down to your string of faith. You know how sometimes you can pray and ask for something and just feel like, oh, man, I got it. I got it. Devil mess with me. See what happens to you. I got this. I so got this. Okay, devil mess with me. One day goes by and what do you do? What did I do wrong? What's taking so long? Yeah, but yesterday you was flexing on the devil talking about you got it. What happened to you got it? Huh? Next time you feel like you got it, you keep it to yourself, won't you? And just walk on off, pimp on off, and thank God for it. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I thank you. Hallelujah. Huh? So the disciples have already set in motion a protocol. We never feel like our faith is perfect. And the, 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 the request there is, Lord, increase our faith. And what did Jesus say? He said, if you have faith like a, so this is what Jairus has walking. When he first asked Jesus, that's the seed. It's a mustard seed. Amen. It's small. And Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you will say. So you will make your request on that mustard seed. Amen. Then, But they're saying, Lord, increase our faith. Amen. So and then Jesus talks later about speaking to a mountain. A mountain meeting a mustard seed. But you've seen many, many trees, and when they break down to the root, you'll see that that root of the tree is wrapped around a big boulder that was sitting on top of that seed at one point. Amen? And it pushed through. So if your faith is a seed, it's going to meet some resistance it's got to push through on before your faith can get to the the stability, the strength. This is what it is. It's not about increasing the faith of the son of God, but it's increasing it in you for that thing that you're asking for. You got me? So it has to go through some challenges in order for it to have the resilience where Peter said, add to your faith. So you've got to have some, some stay with it ability, huh? Some toughness. Some devil don't mess with me today. Huh? Some, uh, I don't care 
who said what about who, I believe God's doing it right now. I have it now. Too late, devil. You can't take it. I got it already. You gotta have that kind of faith in you in order for God to, to cause that thing to settle into your life. Other than that, you'll be a nervous wreck trying to keep it. You got me? So, this is a walk that we, it's perfecting. He's completing our faith. Amen. He's, it's not that our faith is inadequate. When you have faith in him, it's adequate. The thing of it is to leave it in him and not move it around. He look up one day and you didn't quit believing and gone off fishing. And you ain't never fished before in your life, but somebody told you about it. You figure you try that. I'm not getting what I need from the Lord. I guess I'll try that. So two times Jesus intercedes for him. He'll intercede for us as many times as we need him to. As the author and the completer, he has to complete what he begun in us. So he's more interested in completing our faith almost than giving us what we want. Now we have it already by faith. But it's the manifestation of it totally in the natural realm that we're pulling the struggle is. The devil's yanking it one way and we're pulling it by faith out of the kingdom. He's trying to get a grip on it and make us drop it. So if he can get Jairus to drop believing, huh? And while you at it, in other words, not just you quit believing, but you leave Jesus alone. See, that's what this is really all about. This is about the struggle between the world and the, and the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom seems to be advancing, the world starts to step up their press. Amen. So the world will step up their pressure. Jesus could have easily have have told the disciples, find out who that lady is. They know how to usher. And I'll get back to her. If he was a nervous kind of guy. But he ain't nervous about anything. So he felt in order to complete this lady's healing, which she initiated, he should stop and minister to her some truth that she needed to know. Amen? Because she going about stuff wrong. Even though it was right, it was wrong. Now, see, this is the trouble we get in sometimes. God will open a door and there'll be something kind of not too right about something in there. And we notice the not too right stuff instead of going for what we really want and let him straighten out the not too right later. Do you trust God enough to let him get you involved in something that breaks one of the religious laws? Because, see, if she's a religious-minded woman, that's going to bug her some. She's going to worry if that healing is going to stick, if that's legitimate. Or Jesus, he don't, he doesn't say things for nothing. 
Why'd he stop and tell her her faith made her whole? Go in peace and be whole of your plague. In other words, your faith did this. Now go keep it. Amen. In other words, you didn't steal this from me. It's okay what you did. Amen. Your faith prompted you to break the law. Faith is greater than the law. Faith was before the law. Law's been done away with by the time Jesus goes to the cross and he's going to let her walk around condemned for that? No, he's not going to do it. So here the ruler of the synagogue, somebody from his house comes, amen, and says, uh, your daughter's dead, don't bother him anymore. He said that like that to disconnect him from Jesus. Got it? And that's what the enemy does with us. He says what he says to us, the way he says it, to disconnect us from the love of God. Jesus intercedes again. He prays for us again. Over and over and over again. Be not afraid, only believe. That's what he always says to us. Don't let the devil scare you. Just continue to believe. And he didn't allow anybody else to come. In other words, Jesus is now he's done with the interruptions. This is where the payoff day is coming. When you get to the place where nobody's bugging you about nothing anymore. Did I, did you hear what I said? Where there's no more interruptions, there's no more interference, your payday is coming. Your payday is just about here. As long as there's somebody digging at you and jabbing at you, your faith is not yet perfected. But when it kind of gets eerily calm, well, the devil ain't said nothing in a long time. It's your payday's coming. Because it wasn't coming before because you had stuff in you that the devil was attacking because he had license to do it because you're holding on to it. Once it's gone, there's nothing else to deal with. So payday's here. So Jesus clears a place out. He get ready to work now. <laughs> and he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the, the crowd and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said to them, why are you doing this and weeping? She's not dead, but asleep. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, amen, when, when, when your miracle is on its way, there's nothing there to hinder it anymore. See, all of this hindrance has to be dealt with, folks. Obstacle number one, the woman with the issue of blood, amen, not even supposed to be there, but there she is. Then number two, somebody from the house coming with bad news. You don't know if he came from his house or not, or if that's the buzz on the street. See, when the devil gets started, he really gets started. That's why Jesus went in there and stopped all the conversation. 
Stop all the buzz. Stop all the devil's people from trying to discourage everybody, including the parents. Her poor mothers had to be there all this time. Amen. And so he put them all out and just took the father and the mother and them that were with him and entered where the damsel was lying. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say to you, arise. And right away she got up and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Amen. So when Jesus heals, there is no, like it is in the natural, convalescent period where you, you know, he makes sure the job is done before he leaves. Amen. So he would not have left her there with any little open door for the devil to come in. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, well, she hasn't eaten. You know, she never ate. And then people start watching her to see when she's going to eat. And they put sickness back on her. See, when you're healed... The spiritual with the, the supernatural of God. When you're healed, you're whole. When you're healed, you're healed. Period. There's no dragging it out. There's no, you're just healed. Amen. There are people who, who are healed. Their spirit picks it up and their body will start to respond to what's in the spirit man. And they'll go around for a while wondering, Oh, well that didn't come back yet. Or, I still feel good. It's, you know, it's like your, your soul has to catch up with it. Cause your soul still deals with the natural realm and may be in shock about it for a little bit. So God does these things to get your soul settled that she's healed. Heal people eat. Amen. They have an appetite. They're normal everywhere. Amen. And so I, we always t- would take that as a sign when I was in nursing. If they ate, oh, they can go home anytime. You know what I'm saying? When they start complaining, you know, you want to give them that jello and bouillon, which, come on now. I was thinking about this not too long ago. I, there was a hospital. You remember Forest City Hospital, Norla? Nola, this was your, well, this was coming out of, I guess you could say, segregation, but hospitals were segregated. Black people and white people didn't go to Saline. And that was up here in the north, too. And so black doctors had to have a hospital of their own where they had privileges to bring their patients and treat them and everything. So that was for a city hospital. And so I was... A doctor that I had had privileges there and I had gone over there. Somebody had told me, you know, they were going to visit somebody and they were, I think it was dinner time. It was either dinner time for a patient. I was either looking at a patient tray or one of the employees went down and got some 
dinner and I smelled it. I said, is them greens I smell? Yeah, girl. <laughs> and fried pork chops. This wasn't no, no ADA. You didn't get that over there. I don't even know if they had a clear liquid diet that they had to give anybody over there. You know, you had maybe some, your liquid was barbecue sauce and <laughs> you got a biscuit that morning or something. You didn't get that stuff. You ate and you got up out of there. And if you ask for seconds, they definitely want you, wrote you out real quick. Discharge today. Amen. But that was this kind of situation. Amen. This was no clear liquids as tolerated, you know. You just, boom, hit her with it and then get on up out of there. She probably came right in there with them people was bringing them casseroles for her wake, you know. She was the guest at the wake and got up and ate. Amen. I wouldn't doubt it. Amen. Because they were greatly astonished when she got up and walked. Amen. And so Jesus made her 100% whole, but Jairus had to hold on. When he said she will live, that was his final word, and the devil tried twice to get him to change it. So whatever is your final words, you stick with your final word. Don't start talking about how you feel, what you think. What somebody else told you, you went on WebMD, you did this, you did that. Get off of that and get back into faith. Your faith in God's word will do everything. See, many times we're looking for something else. You know, you you get bored waiting, you get tired of waiting, you get frustrated, and you start looking for something else that's going to work faster. Nothing's going to work, period. You look for something faster and it won't work. Amen. So you'll just be thinking it will, but it won't. And so when we, when we talk about faith and your, your faith having to have the final word, this is why. Because it needs to be strengthened. It needs to be perfected. It needs to be held on to. Because you need that faith, not just for what you're looking at now. You're going to need it for something else down the road. In fact, most times we have several things working. Several prayers working with our faith. It's not just one thing all the time. It's many things. And so, uh, but Jesus is in charge of our faith. You're not in charge of it. So you don't get to call the shots and say, it's going to be this way. It's going to be that way. And I'm going to have it by here and I'm going to have it by there. You've got to hold on to what he tells you and let, and just walk it out with him. So this is walking by faith. This is a good example of it. That Jairus had a ways to go to get to conditions that he was looking for so that his daughter could be healed. Amen. That's what he wanted. He wanted the end result. And so he had to walk it out with Jesus, just like we all do. Amen. You walk it out with him. So, um, so Jesus intercedes for us. That's the other thing you need to know. You are not in this by yourself. Whenever you get a negative report or contrary report or negative thought, amen, and when you're standing in faith and we all get them, amen, it's like you start thinking about it could go this way and what about this and what about that. And so you figure you're doing yourself some good because you're searching your little brain 
for everything that could go wrong and you've already said you received it. Am I right? But yet you go in there and you start picking around and digging around trying to see what's in there that could cause you not to receive it. But you have it already. Ooh. Ooh. God, I have it already. But then finally, at some point, you decide to stop doing that. And you go back to your confession. And you go back to faith. I hope you do. We all do that. You go back to your mind wanders. Oh boy, it's been so long. What's wrong? Maybe I need to fast. Well, who am I feeling? Kidding. I'm not going to fast. Let me go eat another hamburger and maybe that'll put me in a coma and I forget. I'm worried. I don't know what to do. And then finally you put that stuff aside and you pick up your original confession. How do you think you did that? Do you think maybe it's because Jesus prays for you when your mind wanders? Huh? That's why he lives to make, you ain't by yourself. That's why he lives to make intercession for us. He's a great high priest. He's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what it's like to want to quit, want to run, want to do all kinds of stuff. Amen? Because your flesh will tell you to do that. And you know there's no way to run, but you don't want to let go of, I could run. Amen? (laughs) It's like, it's like, you know, that's some comfort for some reason. I'm just tired. Of what? Your spirit don't get tired. Your flesh it gets tired. Put him to bed. Give him a sedative. Uh So he prays for us. That's how we let go of them crazy thoughts. You you think your thoughts won out. Your good thoughts won out all of a sudden over your bad thoughts. (laughs) I don't think so. I think you have some help. And thank God you have, I'd rather believe Jesus helps me and give glory to him because I know he'll do it again than to think I'm on my own trying to sort through my brain. Amen. So Jesus prays for us as the finisher of our faith. And if we continue on with him in the word, amen, we will be strengthened and we will add to our faith. So he intercedes so that we only believe. He brings us to the place where all doubt is kicked out, where we're only believing. Now you might have some thoughts in your head. You pay attention to them for a season, but you you know how to let them go then. You cast them down and you can let them go. Amen. Jairus refused to utter any agreement with the synagogue crowd. And that was a big deliverance for him because he was steeped in that stuff. Amen. For him to get free and for him to be able to reach out to Jesus, it was a miracle. Amen. That's all it was. And so he just, he just was, was the, the person that got, Jesus got his attention with his ministry and what he did. I'm sure Jairus, um, kind of like stumbled into this. Like many of us do with many things we get involved in in God. 
You know, he's probably sitting up with the rest of his buddies making fun of Jesus. Uh, we've, we're, we got a lock on this up in here. He ain't getting this. You know, all this stuff we got going on. Think he gonna come break this up? Just one man against all of us. And then one day he found himself believing that he was the Messiah and believing that he could trust him to heal his daughter. Amen. And so that's how it works sometimes. Don't ever judge by what people say to stupid that comes out of their mouth. Because with prayer, stupid can leave in one minute. Amen. They could be a gyrus, get converted. He refused to let go of Jesus. Because he knew, he, he, he knew he had confidence in him by that time. By the time you put faith in God, you have total confidence in him. If you go as far as Jairus did, that bond of faith was stronger than the unbelief of one of his friends from his crowd. Amen. And that's what God was breaking in him. You see what I'm saying? That had to be totally broken and it had to be tested. If Jairus had gone with his friend, told Jesus, well, okay, that's okay. She did, you know, he would not have passed the faith test. He had to be tested in that. See, you used to belong to that crowd over there. Now you say you're one of us? Prove it. So he had to prove it. Amen? He had to prove he had come out of the synagogue mentality. And that his heart now was given over to God. And faith in God. And not faith in what what their system was. What they wanted. What they Be careful of some denominational belief that you have my goodness get the bible out quit putting so much confidence in in man gee they change so quick i know i do when i'm in the flesh i hey whatever you know that's just like putting confidence in your own crazy head amen and and you're going to need to go beyond you're going to have to drop some people you know in your heart and want to be pals with them and, you know, connect with them and you connect with God, you know. I remember I was trying my best to, you know, have a covering and have, you know, people, the right people. God, who do I? Everybody I joined up with either went out of business or kicked me out or <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I'm like. Well, what am I, chopped liver? You know, he's just kind of like, okay, I got the wrong shoes on or mismatched socks or what's the deal, you know? So I realized God said, you stick with me. Amen. You stick with me. And I saw most of those people either dissolve whatever they were trying to get together for ministers. It dissolved. They backslid, you know, something like that later on down the road. And then you understand what God's doing. Amen. Now you look around now and you don't even know where, where anybody is anymore. Everybody's got problems trying to hold on. Just like you are. Don't be deceived. There's nobody out there that's got it going on. Everybody trying to grab what they can what's left over after Rona and tried to destroy everything everybody people are scrambling amen 
So, so this is, this is what it is. You know, you, you have to stay with God. You have to divorce yourself from religion and, and, and feeble thinking and, uh, wanting to be somebody and wanting to be what, what you think is important. All that stuff is so nonsense. Amen. And, and Jairus had to prove. Are you really with Jesus or are you with your people? Amen. So that was his final test when he, when he obeyed Jesus. Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. Amen. Jesus was getting at the root of what was being deposited in him to steal his faith for his daughter. But in the natural realm, Jairus was having to say no to a system that he'd been a part of. That he was the head of it now. He was a wealthy man off of the synagogue. So he had to say goodbye to all of that stuff in order to follow Jesus to get his daughter healed. And so the, the time issue is something we always have to deal with folks. It's, it's gonna take some time for some things. Amen. To, to develop your faith. What else are you doing besides developing your faith? You got something else you wanna do? I don't think so. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to quit. And do what? You see what quitters get out there? They're homeless. If they can get a shopping cart, they're wealthy. As far as the homeless people are concerned, they're doing well. As far as that crowd is concerned. You want to live out of a shopping cart? There's nothing else to do but serve God. Learn how to do it completely. Serve him with gladness. Be happy. Be joyful. Be glad God wants you. Amen. That he embraces you as his own. I remember when, when uh, I, the, the Lord gave me a vision of, of him walking with me on the beach and we were talking. And we were walking like old friends and I was newly saved then. And he had his arm around my shoulder and he was telling me stuff. We were talking and every now and then he would tell me something. I was stopping. I said, no, really? I'm going to get to do that. And we'd laugh and then we'd go and walk some more and walk some more. And every time somebody rejected me from their club, he showed me that vision. He said, that's where you started and that's where you always remain. You belong to me. You don't belong to these people. Amen. And, and so God wants us to understand. Put him first. He takes, he took care of Jairus and they wasn't friends. <laughs> He'll take care of you and you don't have to be his friend. Amen. Just in covenant with him. He works on the friendship. You'll learn to love him. Amen. You'll learn to appreciate him. Amen. He ain't worried about that. But he has much for us, folks. He has much, much, much for us. And he is helping us. Amen. So let your faith have the final word all the time. He helps you with that. It really, really does. You're not by yourself. Well, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing for us, what you're doing in us, that you are the author and the completer, the finisher, the helper, the interceder over our faith. Our faith in you is secure. All we have to do is not fear and continue to believe. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. While we do our declaration, I don't have Rona and she don't have me. 
and I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.